the 6th of March, 2008, episode 96. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Starting a freelance business is hard enough because, uh, as we've talked about in the past, it has a lot to do with business. You know, it's not all just design. So we have to kind of branch out and do other things such as marketing and sales, things that we might not be so good at, you know, because it doesn't really fall into that same category as design work. So today we're going to talk about different ways of promoting your business. Uh, this all stemmed from a question that was up on the forum. So we'll be, uh, going over that question and trying to maybe give it a good answer and just talk about some other ways that you can promote your business or promote yourself and get your design out there to the masses. Uh, not much going on as far as news. Um, the, uh, the episodes have been kind of herky jerky all over the place and I apologize for this again, but it's just kind of the way things are going to have to go for right now, I guess, because uh, everything is very, very busy. Uh, one thing coming up at the end of the month, I am going to be traveling to Australia. So we are going to probably miss one, maybe two episodes for that. Uh, I'm leaving the end of March to go to uh, Melbourne and I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. So we'll see how that falls into wherever we're at as far as when the episodes are supposed to come out. Not that they've been coming out when they're supposed to anyways, but uh, we're going to try and shore that up and at least give you something something to listen to, something to check out um, in the meantime. But uh, just so you know, there will be some differences in the schedule coming up here at the end of the month. Um, same things we always talk about. I ask that you tell somebody else, tell a friend or tell a coworker or tell somebody, a schoolmate, anyone you think that could uh, benefit from listening to this podcast, tell them about it, where it is and how to subscribe. And, uh, you'll be helping me out a whole lot and helping yourself out at the same time, especially if you're a member of the forum. Uh, that's how we get, you know, a lot of people involved in the forum and there's great people up there to talk to, but also just building up our numbers and, uh, you know, making it possible for me to keep doing this. Uh, as we have been for a couple of years now. So uh, I ask that you do that. That would be great. Uh, also, if you have something to share with me, I want to hear it. If you have a topic or just something you'd like to uh, bring up on one of the shows, that would be great. If you have the ability to record audio, then I ask that you do that. Record me a little mini podcast and we'll throw it in the show and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you don't have that capability, then just go ahead and send me an email or send me you know some kind of document. Um, asking about whatever it is. Or the final thing is I've been taking a lot of stuff from the forum these days. So uh, if you have a question or, or something that you want to talk about, definitely throw it up on the forum somewhere and hopefully I will find it and do a show about it, kind of like we're doing today. And I've done it a, a few times in the past now lately too. Uh, it's a great way to uh, get your question out there. And if, if something catches my eye on the forum, I definitely bring it onto the show now because I know not everybody has the time to participate in the forum, but some of the questions are really, really good, really good topics, uh, things to talk about. So I bring them onto the show for that, for that purpose. Uh, finally, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I definitely couldn't do the show without you guys. And uh, I wouldn't do the show without you guys because you're the reason it goes on. So thank you for listening and subscribing. And thank you. Those of you, thank you to those of you who have spread the word, uh, told your friends and coworkers and whatnot, uh, and really built up this audience for us. 
And uh, one last thing is we still have a sponsor and that is GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting gives you a great way to meet with other people, people that might not be in your same area. And it's very cost effective because they log in through a browser and they get to see everything you're doing on your screen. Now this means that they don't have to drive or fly to where you are to be able to see what you're doing because you're having a live meeting with them. You can talk over the phone and you can show them everything that's going on on your desktop. So you can walk them through a project. Uh, You can show them comps, things you've been working on and get their approval on them. Uh, All kinds of things like that. It's a great service and it's cheap as well because you pay one flat fee and you meet as many times as you're going to meet. So if you're somebody who needs to meet with people a lot, you're going to get a lot of good use out of this and you're not going to pay too much money for it because it's not hourly or by the meeting. You pay that one fee and you meet as many times as you can. Uh, If you want to try this service, you can try it for free for 30 days. You just need to go to this URL, gotomeeting.com slash techpodcasts. That's gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. And uh, just go to that URL and you'll be able to try it out for 30 days. And I recommend that you do. It's a, it's a great piece of software. We use it at my full-time job. And uh, if it again, if it's something that fits your needs, it's a great thing to use. So check it out. So today we're going to be talking about promoting your business or just promoting your design in general. And uh, in the last section, we'll get to the fact that it's doesn't necessarily have to be about a freelance business, but that's kind of where this question stemmed from. And uh, that's kind of what we're going to be talking to. If you do have a freelance design business, which a lot of us do on the side, you know, it's very, um, it's, it's not risk-free, but it's low risk to do something in your spare time rather than go out on your own and try and start that business and have it actually be, you know, generate the revenue, which pays your bills. I mean, that's a lot scarier process than just doing some stuff on the side and making yourself some extra cash. Um, If you are in that boat where you're paying your bills with it, then definitely you got to be doing something to promote your business. You need, this is, this is your life. This is what makes the money that pays your bills and keeps you alive and keeps a shelter, keeps shelter over your head. So, um, you're definitely doing something to market your business, to, to get the, uh, to get it out there and let people know what you do and how well you do it and uh, how much they're going to pay for it. For those of you who do stuff on the side, probably you're not going to do too much of it and you're going to be looking for a bargain. You're going to be looking for a cheaper way to promote yourself. So we're going to talk about some of those ways as well. I wanted to start by just kind of going over different ways that we can do this. Some of them are going to be obvious and uh, I'm trying not going I'm going to try not to list you to death, but um wanted to go over some of these. And I think the most obvious these days is having a website. Pretty much everybody has a website and it's an easy thing to do these days as far as getting something up there because you don't really have to know how to make a website anymore these days. There's applications that like site grinder that actually you make it in Photoshop and it writes the code for you. Basically, uh, there's things like iWeb, which make it very easy for you to make a simple website or a blog, something like that. Uh, and then there's the, uh, the, the blog software stuff like WordPress, which is what I use for the, the podcast that we have here. Um, there's things like Flickr that you can use to, to put up photographs or put up you know, any images of projects, you know, maybe you're using that as kind of a portfolio. Uh, Again, if you go into Photoshop, there's things that kind of grind out uh, little web portfolios for you. And we've gone over some of those on uh, Quick Tips and App Clinic. If you haven't checked that out, Um, it's very, very easy to do. If you're not into the web, if you're not web savvy, 
then there are some tools in Photoshop that help you like build those things. So pretty cool stuff. But basically the, the big problem with websites is you either have to be really, really good at SEO, which is search engine optimization. You have to be very good at that. Or you have to have some kind of other promotion, some kind of other way of getting people to go to your website. Because in most cases, they're not just going to type in, you know, design and maybe the area that you're in, the city or something, and have you come up. Now, like I said, if you're really good at SEO, maybe that will happen. If you're all up on getting the keywords in there and knowing what people are going to type in when they're looking for, for a business, for a service that is similar to something that you offer, then yeah, maybe you can do that. But most of us, I'd say, probably are not in that space. We're probably in the space where we have a nice website up there, but it's something that we're going to have to send people to. Meaning you're going to have to do one of these other things that's on my list here to show them that, oh, okay, you do have a website and I need to go to this URL and then I'll be able to see your work. So it's kind of a two-step process instead of just putting a website up there and thinking that just any random Jane or Joe is going to find it just by searching for design and, and maybe the area that you're living in. So websites are good, a good thing to have, but again, you need to put in a little more effort than just putting up a website and hoping people are going to come to it because that's not going to work for you. Even if they do find it on a whim, chances are they're not going to be calling you, you know, asking you if you can do work for them. Uh, if that is working for you, then congratulations because you've pretty much beat the system. But in most cases, that probably isn't going to, to work for you. Uh, the next thing is advertising. And this one can go several different ways. Advertising can be very, very expensive, depending on where you're advertising and, and how big your ads are. Uh, it can also be very cost effective. So it really depends on, first of all, what kind of audience you're trying to reach, how much money you actually have to, to allocate to that, to, to spend on advertising. Obviously, it has a lot to do with it. But I, th I think the first key, the first one is more the key because, okay, who am I looking at here? Who am I trying to cater to? Is it somebody that's a little more uh, high class? Is it high class, higher class businesses? Do I have to advertise in a nicer magazine or can I do it in maybe the local, the local rag, like the little newspapery type of magazine that's put out and is free? Uh, advertising still isn't free, but it's going to be a lot cheaper than maybe uh, a full color magazine. Um, there's also using the phone books. A lot of people use phone books. I personally don't believe in phone books because I myself don't even have one. I think a lot of people probably don't use them anymore because you can use things like yellowpages.com on the internet. Um, a lot of people still believe in them though. So that's one way to go as well. And that's, uh, that's basically one fee right there and you're in until they make a new one. So, you know, that might be a cost effective way for you to advertise. Um, Advertising on other people's websites, a good way to do it. Uh, we said that it's not easy to get people to come to your website. So the alternative is to find a website that people already go to a lot and put a little ad up on, on there, put a banner ad up there or just some kind of uh, sponsorship ad or something to that effect to where a, a site that has high traffic and people the type of people that you think will need your services, obviously that's going to be an important one. You don't want to just stick it up on any site. Um, you're looking for a site where people will go, where they're going to need the services that you offer. Uh, another good way. And typically banner ads aren't going to cost you a whole lot 
they, they can be very expensive in some cases, but what I've seen, they're going to be a lot less expensive than advertising in a print magazine. Uh, we talked about the newspapery magazines, but there's also just the, the regular newspaper as well. Uh, again, this one kind of could go either way. Um, I tend to not really have much interest in newspapers, but a lot of people still read the newspaper uh, cover to cover. So if you think that that your audience is going to be in that group of people that does read the newspaper, then maybe that's a way for you to go as well. Uh, another one too that that I was actually told about by one of my clients, they, they owned a, a hair salon and there's just like a local magazine that I, I believe it's free. It's either free or it's very cheap. I believe it was free and it's actually delivered to all the places, but it's, it's for particular sections of town in San Diego. There's like North County and, and you know, all these different counties. They're not actually counties. They're all in San Diego counties, but they're areas. There's different beaches and then there's uh, the Northern areas. And then there's the Eastern areas getting out towards the desert desert. And there's like a little publication it's owned. They're all owned by the same one, but there's one for each little area of San Diego so that it has, you know, the businesses that are close to, you know, wherever you live. Um, what she did was she actually printed out her own mailer, which was like, you know, whatever size letter size, maybe I'm not sure how big the magazine was, but she printed those out herself and then they put them in, they just kind of stick them in there. And I'm sure you've seen this in some of the junk mail that you get, you know, on a daily basis, They'll have one big folded ad and then a bunch of other stuff just stuffed in there. And uh, that's another cheaper way to go because you are actually printing the things yourself. So if you can find a deal with a printer, that might be a good way for you to go. And then you can just have them inserted into some kind of magazine or flyer or something like that. So uh, advertising, again, you know, sometimes expensive, sometimes it's the way to go. Uh, going a step further with that one is direct mail. And here we're talking about the mailers. And I think the last thing I was talking about can kind of fall into that category. Although most of the time, when I think of direct mail, I'm thinking you actually have a list of people that you know you want to send it to. You're not just kind of blindly sending it to all the masses. Uh, it can go either way. Obviously, you should have better results if you have a list of people because this is probably you know, whittled down to people that you think are actually going to be interested in your services and need, you know, need something that you're offering. Um, how you get the how you go about getting those lists? Uh, I don't know much about that because I've never done it. Uh, they do it at my work, of course, but that's part of the marketing team's duties. But there are several ways that you can you can actually buy lists of of certain people. Or sometimes when it has to do with certain things, if there's like a, a trade show, um, if you are actually presenting at a, at a trade show, or if you have a booth at a trade show, then you'll get a list of everybody that's going to it. And obviously they all have the same interests because they're going to that trade show. That's, uh, that's usually where my company, where my business that I work full-time at uses something like a mailing list to mail out a big postcard. And, uh, that would be the other one. Postcards like the oversized postcards are usually pretty big for these types of things. Uh, you can get a lot of information on there and you know, you'll have like a booth number or something if you are actually having a booth at the, uh, at the trade show, but very common things. Um, direct mail again, I think is getting a little more bang for your buck if you use it that way, because again, you're sending it to people that you already know have at least some kind of interest and might be more willing to spend money on your services rather than just, you know, any Joe Schmo that you're just kind of banking on hoping that they're going to need your services. And you're, you're actually spending money to send it to somebody who might just, you know, not even look at it and throw it in the trash. So 
direct mail tends to be something that's a little more specialized, uh, a little, a little more, a little less risk of spending the money to send something to someone. Uh, next one I have here is co-branding, and co-branding can work a couple different ways. Um, I think the most obvious, and we've talked about this in the past, is if you're a designer. It's good to get out and network and find other designers in your area and try and work with them. Uh, I think the best examples of you know winning relationships is when they do different things. Let's say you're all about print. You do brochures and flyers and stuff like that. And the other person that you work with or you keep in contact with does web design or web development. This is a great partnership and uh, a great opportunity for you to do some promotion, to do some advertising and do it with somebody else so that you guys are kind of sharing the cost rather than doing it all yourself. Um, a great way to obviously cut down on your costs and uh, you can do any number of these things that we're talking about here and again, be paying less money for it and still getting the, uh, the bang for your buck because especially if you have a relationship like that, you're not competing for whoever it is that, that comes to you guys, it's gonna be one or the other. But uh, think about that, definitely actually trying to go in with other people. A lot of designers start little organizations too, little design groups. Uh, there's, uh, there's several of them down here. And uh, just another good way to help each other find business and be able to go in on things um, such as advertising, maybe even equipment, software, things like that, and just really cut the cost for yourself. Uh, one thing that I've been able to utilize a little bit is volunteer work. We talked about this uh, a few weeks ago you know, actually going about how you go about doing the volunteer work and making sure that you can still gain credit for it, you know, in your taxes and things of that nature. Another good thing that you can usually ask for if they, if they're not going to pay you, or even if they are going to pay you, usually they're not going to pay you full price. They're going to be trying to get some kind of discount because you're basically volunteering or you're, uh, you're sponsoring this, some kind of event that they're having. What I had done is it was a dinner. It was like a fundraising dinner for an organization. And I made the invitations for it and the, the uh, drawing a blank here, the programs for it and a couple of other pieces. I did some video stuff for them as well. But one thing that I got in return for that, um, cause I don't believe I actually did get paid for that but I did end up actually getting work from that that did pay later on. So that kind of paid off as well, but that's uh, besides the point. What I did get was kind of a sponsorship kind of deal. So on the program, there was uh, a section where it says, these are the people that contributed that, that sponsored this event and it had my business name on it and a website and things like that. So another great way, you know, again, that's kind of like a shot in the dark because you don't know who's going to be at this thing. Who's going to look at that program and see your business name. It could be several people that really don't care, but you know, if you, if this is something you, you feel you need to do anyways, or you'd like to do volunteering your time, then that's something that you might be able to get back and maybe actually get something out of it yourself. So sponsorships is a good thing. And there's plenty of things you can sponsor as well. I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, volunteer type of things that you can do. Um, there's also events in your communities probably that you can sponsor. Some of them you might have to actually pay to do that. Uh, or do a little extra work or whatever it might be, but um, definitely inquire about things like that because it's a great way to, first of all, get your design out there because it's saying basically that you designed the thing that they're looking at, but also to get your uh, your business name out there and possibly your website too, which again is a way to drive people to your website and make that work. 
Probably one of the best ones is word of mouth. It's, uh, it's what most people use, have been using for decades and centuries, and it's really just the best way to do it. And that's why we always say you want to keep a bunch of business cards with you at all times. You always want to be equipped and ready to hand off those business cards to anyone who might be uh, inquiring about anything like that. I mean, sometimes you'll get in conversations with a friend of a friend and they know somebody who needs some design work, who needs a website or who needs a brochure for their new business. You want to make sure that you're uh, you're ready to uh, give them the spiel and hand them over a, a business card and be able to, you know, go to work for them. This is probably going to be your biggest asset if you're a freelance designer, like we talked about, that just kind of does stuff on the side. Because again, we can't always afford to go out and advertise for things. Uh, A good example is this podcast. I don't do any kind of advertising. I do make a little bit of money off of it, but it basically covers the costs of the software that I use, uh, the energy that I use, the time that I spend doing it where I'm not actually able to do other projects. Um... I don't have the the dollars to go out and advertise on websites or you know in magazines and things of that nature. That's why I ask you guys to you know spread the word in the design community. But if you're doing that kind of side job type of stuff, you're probably going to be in the same situation. This is where word of mouth is like the best thing for you because first of all, it doesn't cost you much. You know, you got to print out your business cards, but usually you you can get get them in bulk and, and it doesn't cost you too much. But the actual act of you know, drumming up the business is something that's a little easier because you can talk about your business and you can, you know, really get down to business and, and tell people what what it is you can do and figure out what they want, and what they need. And I think it's just a better way of obviously showing them, you know, that, that maybe you guys could do some business rather than them just reading it in a magazine or seeing a banner ad, something like that. It's a great way to do it. Uh, another one is bulletin boards. Uh, I know a lot of the local coffee shops and and things like that around here, they'll have bulletin boards. This isn't the best way to do it, but some people like to read all that stuff. Um, You'll probably notice that a lot of these bulletin boards are just riddled with things. And, you know, a lot of people probably don't see a whole lot of things, a whole lot of stuff on there because there is so much stuff, but you know, it might be a way to do it. Another thing I think I talked about before is if you know people at, at businesses around where you are, Maybe making up a, a small flyer, maybe something like a a little postcard size or something like that, and asking if you can just leave a stack of them on the counter, so that actually you know maybe they're up at the register paying and they're seeing something there. I'm sure you've seen this a number of places, and it could be for several different things. Maybe it's for uh, a musical artist or something like that, but definitely something uh, that I think you could take advantage of if you know somebody. You know, you don't necessarily have to know them either. Maybe just walk up to them and say, Hey, you know, I have this business. I think some of your customers, customers might be interested in it. Do you mind if I just put a stack of these here? And, uh, I think a lot of times they'll, they'll be okay with it. Um, last one I have here is cold calls and walk-ins. And this is kind of, kind of goes along with the word of mouth thing, but it's kind of a little more forced. It's almost like the, the, uh, direct mail of word of mouth. And of course, cold calling, something I've never done and probably never will. It's just not really my nature. And I hate it when people call me and I don't know why they're calling me. They're just kind of on a whim calling me, trying to sell me something. I think it's annoying. And I think a lot of people do. So I really wouldn't recommend this way of doing things, but people still do it and people have success. I mean, they, they wouldn't keep doing it if it, if it didn't work. So, um, basically you're just, you're going down a phone list of people 
maybe you think might want your services and you're just calling them out of the blue and saying, hey, here's what I have to offer. Do you need anything like this? Uh, again, not really my cup of tea and something that probably a lot of people don't like, but maybe that's your style. Maybe you've had some success with it in the past. That could definitely be a way of doing things for you. Um, kind of the electronic way of doing that would, of course, be sending emails. And again, you're getting into kind of sketchy territory where are you a spammer now or is this kind of legit? There's people that do it on MySpace where they're just befriending or they're sending messages to all kinds of people because they're a certain age bracket or they live in a certain area and they're sending out just random generic messages to people trying to, you know, give them services. Is this spam? You know, I would consider it spam, but maybe some people don't. I don't know. But that's kind of uh, the cold calling thing. Walk-ins, I think a much, much better way of doing things. This way you can identify a business that you think could use your services. Maybe you actually go so far as to look at some of their marketing materials and see that maybe they could use an upgrade. And maybe you go in and you talk to the owner or whoever it is in charge and you say, you know, I've been looking at your stuff and I think we could really make some improvements, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is a much more personable way to do it. It's kind of like a cold call also because they didn't ask you to come in. You came in on your own and um, just started trying to sell your, your services to them. But I think it's a much more personable way of saying, you know, I saw your stuff. It, it's good, but, you know, I think you guys could be doing a lot better and here's what I have to offer. And that way they can politely say no to you if they don't want it. Um, with that comes along with uh, what comes along with that can also be comp work, though. We've talked about comp work and how most of the time you don't really want to be doing it unless you can really devote that time. You know, if you think you're that good of a salesman that if you make, if you comp something up for somebody and show it to them that they're absolutely going to buy your services, then more power to you. I'd say in a lot of cases though, um, people are going to see something and, and they might not be interested. And then you spent that time on your own. You've, you spent basically time and money yourself to put something together for somebody who's not going to purchase your services. So I, I always say, stay away from that if you can. Um, sometimes when you walk into a place though and tell them that you can make their stuff better, they're probably going to want to see some proof. So that's where you get into the, uh, can I just show them things I've done in the past? That's obviously what you want to try and do first, or are they going to, to, uh, ask for something, you know, comped up. They want to see something with their business name on it or something, you know, more related to their specific business. So now we know the, uh, the areas where we can put our advertising, where we can get that promotion in and, and get the word, spread the word out to the people. The next thing is what actually goes on what we do. You know, if we're making an ad, if we're making a postcard, what are we putting on this thing? And again, I think the biggest thing we need to figure out, first of all, is what kind of audience are we trying to cater to? Um, if you are just kind of a generic freelancer and you're just looking for any job you can get, this might be a little harder for you because you don't necessarily have a certain sector of the community that you're looking to serve. And that makes things a little more complicated as to trying to figure out things like this, like what do I put on my flyers or my postcards or whatever. Uh, I wanted, this is where I wanted to read the entry in the forum because this is pretty much what they were talking about. And it says, uh, full-time graphic designer, illustrator, and web designer. I've been doing a little freelance in my spare time, but would really like to push it more. I'm looking into getting some postcards made up to send to local companies. I'm a little unsure of what to put on it. 
Do I just make a nice design for the front with some key text or do I showcase some of my own work on the front? What have you put on your direct mail pieces to get any work? I think this is an excellent question. Unfortunately, I don't think there's one answer for it. And I think it really does go back to who is your audience? Who are you trying to get to purchase your services? Now, in this instance, they're saying it's like local companies. Uh, I'm going to guess that that's like smaller businesses. It's not like bigger corporations. So that right there is going to tell you something. Um, what kind of businesses are they, though? That could really have an effect on what you're putting on these things. But I think just the amount of money that they're going to be willing to spend is probably the key thing that we're going to think about here. And with uh, smaller you know, local companies, that's probably not going to be a whole lot, right? When you have bigger corporations, they're going to be, they're going to have bigger marketing budgets. They're going to be spending a lot more money on things like design. When you have smaller companies, they're not going to be really able to do that. So just making a nice design, I think is, is something that's a little more corporate. It's a little more trying to get your business name out there, trying to look like you're an established design business, um, I think when you start putting examples of your work onto a postcard, something like that, that to me looks more like somebody who's just marketing whatever skills they have or whatever they have to offer to that business. Um, I ho hopefully that makes sense. I'm not sure if it does, but it's kind of, I, I kind of relate it to like a flyer for a pizza place. You know, you get something from a restaurant and it shows you the different dishes that they have there. You know, they're, they're trying to suck you in by by you looking at it and saying, ooh, you know, that this dish right here looks pretty good. So in the same way, if you have examples of your work on there, it's good because it shows what kind of services you do. You might have some websites on there, flyers, brochures, whatever. And it also shows some of your design talent. It shows the style that you use, which is also good because people are going to be looking for a certain style, you know, whether it be more professional um, clean cut type of design or whether it be, you know, some of the more grungy type of stuff that's out there these days. I mean, that's really going to sway them in either direction, but they're going to be able to take a look at some of these examples and say, yeah, that looks like something that, that would fit with my business, something that I would like to send out to people. And, uh, I think I could get results from. So again, we're going back to knowing your audience. What are they going to need? And kind of talked a little bit about the size of the business, but what we're really talking about is, is it high or low class? And that kind of sounds bad. You know, I would throw these, these, uh, smaller companies into the lower class. Not that that means that they're, they're low lives and you know, they don't, they don't want to pay for anything, but a lot of times they do, they don't want to pay for things. Smaller businesses don't have the budget to spend on that stuff. And, and a lot of times they're going to be cheap. But, you know, you have the bigger businesses I would call high class because they do have that budget. They're going to be able to spend a lot of money. So which one are you falling into? Are you somewhere in between? Um, functionality versus beauty. This is another thing. And this is another thing I'll, uh, you find a lot with smaller businesses because they're not going to have a marketing department. They might not even have a marketing person. So you have a lot of times an owner deciding what their ads are going to look like or what their brochures or flyers or websites are going to look like. And uneducated people deciding what things are going to look like sometimes results, actually a lot of times results in things just looking pretty, looking beautified. And you'll even hear people say that, can you take this and make it look good? You know, 
it's it's not exactly what designers are supposed to be doing, but it's what designers are asked to do a lot of times. And of course, you know, we've talked about how how to work around that and try to make a plan for that rather than have them just, you know, have you make things beautiful. Um, functionality, of course, is the main goal here. And I think if you work for some of these larger businesses, businesses that have maybe a marketing person or, you know, outsource a, a marketing team or the larger companies that have their own marketing department in there, you're going to realize that they have a better grip on what they need to do. They know that the, the piece needs functionality. It needs to serve a certain purpose and they're going to be, they're going to have that a little more planned out for you, which is always good. But you know, we're talking about the differences between these people. So who are we catering to? It's going to have a lot to do with what goes on our promotional materials. And like I said, I tend to think that the lower class, these uh, smaller businesses, the people that aren't going to spend as much, it's better for them to see examples of your work. Now, is it always necessary to put that on, say, like a postcard? Maybe not. But another thing to think about is how willing are these people to, how willing are they to go and research what you do? Can it be something where you just make a nice looking design, uh, have some key text that kind of uh, drives them to do, you know, you have your, your action items that actually get them to go and do something, which is go to your website or go, you know, somewhere else to find some of your work. Is that going to be enough? Or do you actually need to show it to them there on the postcard because they're not going to go to their computer and look at your website? Another thing to think about. Um, Again, I tend to think with these these types of businesses, the easier it is for them to look at something real quick, make a decision, yes or no, the better off you're going to be. So I think putting some examples on it is good. Maybe it's not on the front. Maybe you do a double-sided postcard and on the front, it's more about, you know, brand identity, showing the brand of your company and, you know, a little flair, a little taste of what your design is like. And then maybe on the back, there's a couple of different examples. And of course, you're always going to have a website or something like that, something to drive them to another place to, to find more of your work if they are indeed interested in purchasing your services. For the larger companies, I tend to think that you want to stray away from this type of stuff. You want to make your company look a little bit bigger. If you're just uh, somebody who's working out of your kitchen like me, you probably don't want your postcard to give the effect that you're working in your kitchen like me, especially if you're going to a larger company that has, you know, an established presence and has a marketing team and has, you know, vision of what they want to do. It's not good for you to look small. It's good for you to look bigger, even though you're not bigger. It's, I, I can't explain it. It's just the way things work. They don't want to spend money on some rinky dink operation. Even if your design looks a lot better than some, you know, local uh, design firm that maybe doesn't have work that's up to par with yours. So I think really uh, feeling out your audience is probably the biggest thing you need to do first of all and trying to decide which way you're going to go. Are you going to go the lower direction or the higher direction or both? Can you afford to maybe do a little bit of this and a little bit of that to kind of grab the whole the whole community out there? So I think that's probably what you need to look at. The keys to the game. Our key command today, we're going to stick with uh, some of the basic key commands in the Adobe applications. And this one will work in InDesign, in Illustrator, Photoshop, and that is to zoom in and out. 
very quickly in your document. And to do this, we're going to use the command key or the control key, hold that down and use the plus or minus. And uh, it's going to do pretty much the same thing in all of them. It works a little bit different in Photoshop. Uh, in the Mac, it actually sizes the document window with the document. In, um, in Windows, it doesn't necessarily do that. If your window is dragged out real big, like you have the mat, the gray mat in the background, and you use the zoom out, it's going to zoom the actual image that you're working on, but it's not going to zoom the whole you know, window that that appears in. So it works a little bit different in some of them. Uh, InDesign and Illustrator work very similar, but a great way to just zoom in and out real quick without having to get the zoom tool. Of course, there's other ways to do this, but this is one of my favorites as well. So again, that's the command or the control key held down and using the plus or minus. So the last thing I wanted to cover was uh, we talked about a little bit in the beginning how this isn't really just for people who have freelance design businesses or people who freelance in their free time. Uh, obviously, it's going to be more important to them, but also you need to promote yourself and you do this all the time, whether you know it or not, when you go for interviews or you know when you work, basically. I mean, when you're presenting something to someone, you're basically putting yourself out there and you're promoting your ideas. And the way that you do that is really going to determine your success, whether you get that job or not, uh, whether they trust you to, you know, formulate the design plans for your company or for somebody else's company, whatever it might be. Um, you really have to put your best face forward and you, you have to do it in an effective way. And I, I think, especially in interviews, you're really trying to sell yourself and I think people get caught up in this, you know, formulaic way of doing things. You know, you have your your resume, you have your portfolio, and there's definitely great ways to to put your portfolio together to make it so that it's you know perfect for the interview that you're going for, and it really speaks to those people. But I think a lot of people just you know get that resume and that portfolio and they stop right there and they think that's that's all they have to do, and. Uh, it's definitely definitely two of the, the major key pieces to your interview, as well as you know giving a good interview, which we've talked about in the past as well. Very, very important. But also I think you can go you can take that extra step and that's what's really going to put you in front of some of the other people. If there's several people that are at that same level as you, I have you know the same skills that you have and are, are very personable and, and seem like they fit well on the team. What's going to put you ahead of them is that little bit of extra that you do. So don't stop at the portfolio. Try and get a little more creative. And there's a couple of different ways you can do this. We've talked about before leave behinds, um, pieces that might be out of your portfolio. Uh, I actually make a little almost flyer type of thing that, that has a couple of different examples from my portfolio to leave with them. Uh, it, of course, has you know the URL to my portfolio that is online different things to leave with them so that they can remember you first of all. And maybe, you know, if they want to go check out more stuff as well, they can do that because of course you're not going to have all your work in your portfolio and you might not have it all on your, your website as well. And you probably shouldn't, but maybe, you know, there's a couple extra pieces that, that they can check out online. Uh, another thing is to actually send things in ahead of time. And a lot of the, a lot of the, the, submissions these days, you're probably going to be making online. And a lot of times they don't give you an address. They don't want to be bothered. They don't even give you a phone number. Or if there's a phone number, they tell you not to call. 
Um, if they tell you not to do something, don't do it. <laughs> First of all, that's probably a good rule of thumb. But if the if they do give you, you know, a, an address, actually, if you're getting an interview, then obviously you're going to have an address. Maybe then you send in something, you know, a couple days before you're supposed to go there to give them kind of a preview. And this could be anything. You know, I said like a flyer that shows some of your work. It could be anything though. Maybe you make, maybe you design your own little box and it has little, you know, whatever in it. Uh, actually had an idea and this kind of goes along with my whole baseball theme, which I always seem to have, but I thought it would be cool to make like a little miniature box and have almost like trading card looking things that show different projects on them. And then maybe on the back, it, it tells a little bit about the project. That is something, you know, you send something like that to someone whom you're about to interview with. It's really going to leave an impression. That's something they're going to remember rather than just some flyer that shows a couple of examples of your work because you actually put some thought into this thing and, uh, you know, you came up with something very creative. You had some kind of design problem. You needed them to remember you some way and you came up with a creative solution to that to give them something to, to jog their memory. When you come in and you say, Oh, I see you got my baseball cards or whatever it is. So, um, really try and push the envelope because, uh, you know, another thing here is people tend to fall into these ways of doing things. And, you know, when you, when you zag instead of zig, that's when people notice your work. That's when people notice that you're putting in that extra effort and that you really are going to go the extra mile to get that job or to, you know, get your design plans underway. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. Right. Our mistake today comes from something that I've been experiencing at work. It's been really kind of annoying and that is to organize your schedule. I've been working on a website as uh, some of you may know, if you've been listening lately and we've been scheduling meetings to try and talk about things, which again is very important because you need to talk about things before you go ahead and do the whole thing. You need to talk about what's been done already and is it going in the right direction? You know, is it what we want? Can you get some approval on it so that you don't have to do it twice, which I've talked about in the past here, but just organize your schedule and make sure that you, if you set a meeting to go over something, then make sure you can make that meeting. And I know things get busy in the corporate world. People have more important things to do, but I think it's just good business. It's good professionalism to follow up, you know, on your meeting. If you set a certain date and a certain time for a meeting. You don't want to cancel it three times and then move it a week back and then move it back another day when that day comes. And this is kind of the stuff that I've been going through lately. There's really nothing worse than, than making people reschedule, especially if you're doing something like freelance and these people might not have a long, a lot of time on their hands to, to discuss these things. You don't want to set a meeting and then, at, you know, at the last minute say, Oh, I can't make this, you know, we're gonna to have to reschedule for some other time. So if you do have to reschedule, try and find out as soon as possible and let them know as soon as possible so that people can rearrange their schedules and make sure that they're, they're as productive as they want to be. Um, follow up on the plans, you know, even if you know that they're going to make the meeting, make sure you follow up and say, you know, you don't really have to check up on them, but just say, you know, I'm looking forward to our meeting on at so-and-so date, so-and-so time just a, a good way, good practice to, to keep in there and then keeping the projects on time. And that's really what you're doing. I mean, if you have to p keep pushing back meetings, then you're probably going to be pushing back deadlines or, or, uh, landmarks on the project because you don't know 
yet that you're going in the right direction. So it's hard to kind of work ahead when you haven't talked to the person that's in charge of the project. So it's all about project management and uh, keeping those dates, keeping everything on a timeline is really going to help you out in that process. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Our site for today is uh, one that came from one of our old contests, and it is called Color Lovers. And you can find that at colorlovers.com, and they spell that C-O-L-O-U-R, lovers.com. And uh, this is a great one. Uh, You don't find a whole lot of sites that are just dealing mainly with color. And uh, there's all kinds of great things on here. There are They have palettes and patterns that you can check out. Um, a lot of different articles that are written about, you know, color aspects, uh, trends. They have interviews with professionals as well. Um, there's blog entries and stuff like that. Um, all kinds of great stuff here, though. And I think very good, like I said, I mean, there's not a whole lot of resources out there that are just dealing with color. And I think color is something that a lot of people struggle with. You know, not that not that you can't just pick some color sometimes and it, it works out, but really getting into that color theory and knowing, you know, what colors represent and how it, you know, how it affects the emotions of people. And that obviously is going to help you in your design and help you to, you know, make things that are that are more compelling to your audience. So uh, definitely check this one out. It looks like a very, very cool website. I haven't got a chance to really dig deep into it yet but uh, it looks like a great, great resource. And again, that's colorlovers.com. All right, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, Again, just a warning, there's going to be a little bit of uh, change in the schedule towards the end of this month when I'm going on my trip. Uh, Not that it's been very uh, reliable lately, but usually we do this every other week. Uh, sometimes it's a couple of weeks in between, but uh, we try and get it out on time as, as often as possible. Uh, one more time, let me run through the different programs that we have. The Tell a Friend. Please tell anybody that you think might like this podcast. Tell them where it is, how to get it, how to subscribe, and you'll be helping me out a lot. And also, if you have something to share on the show, if you can record audio yourself, send me an audio file. If not, send me an email, put something up on the forum do something like that. And the way you do that is you contact me either through email. That's adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can go to myspace.com slash rookie designer, or you can Skype me at username Titan strides. I've been on that a lot lately. You can message me that way. And uh, also there is the forum, which is rookiedesigner.com slash forum. And you can sign up there and talk to hundreds and hundreds of designers. And I get up there every once in a while. I'm not up all the time, but there's some great talent up there. And people have answers to all kinds of questions that you would have. So definitely check that out if you haven't done that yet. All right. Thanks again for listening and uh, tuning in, subscribing, and sticking with me through our kind of uh, bumpy times here and there. Uh, Hope this was all good information for you guys. And just remember that everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's This house is full of ears. But I can't talk to anyone They've heard this one a thousand times Most exciting thing I 
lit cigarettes down And maybe I'll catch fire Something warm to hold me Something pure to burn away the darkness That hides inside my mind All that evil shit's not hard to fight I guess I It's full of eyes But I can't look at anyone They've seen this face a thousand times